I'm sorry for the few moment delay, technical difficulties. Okay, so we'll say let us begin. We begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shir. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan, Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin in the Schus of Rafua Shalema for their niece Chavetzi Pora Baschaya Malka. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, she together with Kol Chole Yisola have a complete and enduring Rafua. We thank our Dafyomi sponsor Chaim Rabinstein in memory of Baruch Naftali. Let us begin with a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is page Zayin 87. And we are picking up Emir Hashem on Pei Vav Amud Bey's 86b. We actually left off a couple of lines before the Mishnah. So we left off kind of at the uh, at the best part of the sugya. We are learning about yesterday the sugya of Maiserishon. And how again that Maiserishon... Maiserishon, originally the property of the Levium, was then given over to the Kohanim. It's given over to the Kohanim. And again, the reason for that was a penalty for the Levium in that they did not go ahead and join Ezra in a return to Eretz Yisrael during, to rebuild the second base Hamikdash. So I both say, so the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, Minalon, Tolo Saliku Ezra. So we are now in the uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve lines up. From the bottom on 86b. Bay Vavamud base. So the Gemara says, Minolan Dolo Saliku we may Ezra. How do we know that the Levium did not come up with Ezra? How do we know that? Because again, the Gemara quotes the Pasik. That Kabtsim Elanar Habo El Ava, Benachan Asham Yamim Shlosha, Vaavina Baam. So Ezra's talking about the fact that they were kind of like at, I guess what we'll call like a staging area or a gathering point. And Ezra said, I looked at the people and I realized. I saw the Am, Am refers to Israel. I saw the Kohanim. And literally, Ezra says, I didn't find any Levium. Pretty dramatic. I did not find any Levium amongst the group. The Gemara goes on and says, the Gemara goes on and says, Good. In the beginning, they used to establish shotrim. Shotrim also were like the officers of the court. So officers of the court used to be appointed from the tribe of Levi. Shneemar, the shotrim halavim lifnechem. Achshov in ma'amidim shotrim elam Yisrael. But now we only appoint shotrim officers from Yisrael. From Yisrael, shneemar, the shotrim harbei barashechem. Good. I will say that concludes the sugya. We now come to the Mishnah. I will say it's a really fascinating Mishnah over here. Bas Yisrael, sorry, Bas Yisrael, Shenises Lekohen. So if a Bas Yisrael marries a Kohen, so this is actually still continuing on the topic of Truma, but giving a little bit of an interesting twist on it. So Bas Yisrael, Shenises Lekohen, if a Bas Yisrael went ahead and married a Kohen, Tochal Betruma. So I was like, good, step one, straightforward. Bas Yisrael marries a Kohen, she can eat Truma. Mace, what happens if the Kohen dies? Velohem and Oben. But remember again, she has a son. So a woman marries a Kohen, right? Husband dies, but she has a son from her Kohen husband. We know what the halacha is. So ultimately, the presence of the son, the existence of the son, enables her to continue to eat truma even after her Kohen husband has passed away. Okay, but saying, now watch this. Nisais Levi, she then remarries. Who does she remarry? She remarries a Levi. So what's the halacha? Tochal b'meiser. She's permitted to eat Maiserishon. 
Right now, again, I will say, so the truth is, anyone's permitted to eat mice or But again, the idea over here is, now she's married to a lady. Now, I will say, now, just to be clear, this is the same woman, right? So we'll call her Rachel. Rachel marries husband number one, Cohen. They have a son. Husband number one dies. She's permitted to continue to eat truma by dint of the son. Rachel now gets remarried. Mazel tov. She marries a lady. Once she marries the lady, I will say, what's the she can now eat Maiserish on what can't she eat? She can't eat Truma. Married to a lady, she can't eat Truma. Fine, talk about Maiser. Mace, now we'll say, now what happens? Levi dies, but before Levi dies, he has a, she has a child with Rachel, right? So now Rachel has a second son. It doesn't have to be a son, a, sec, a second son, right? And this son is a Levi. So Mace, for Laimenubain, Tochaba Maiser, even after the death of Levi's husband, Rachel can continue to eat Maiser. Why? By dint of her son, right? She has a, she has a lady, she has a Levitic son. She can continue to eat Maiser. Okay, good. Nisais Li Yisrael. Okay, Rachel, Rachel's a determined woman. Right, so what happens now? She marries a third time. Now she's married to a Yisrael, regular guy. So we'll say, what's that, Rachel? Lo sochal betruma, v'lobe Maiser. So I will say, so again, at this point in time now, she obviously, Misha doesn't have to say she can't eat truma, because that's kind of obvious that she can't eat truma. She can't eat truma. She also can't eat miser, even though she was eating miser up until this point in time. Now she's married to Israel, she can't eat truma, can't eat miser. So I will say, so now what happens? She has a child with Israel, with the with Israel. And then what happens? Mace, he dies, v'loi menuben, lo socha truma, v'lo miser. So I will say, now the end of this story is, Rachel's been married three times to Cohen, Levi, Yisrael. She has three sons, Cohen, Levi, Yisrael. At the end of this story, what is she allowed to eat? What is she allowed to eat? Achulin, right? She, she's, there's still plenty to eat, don't worry, right? There's still plenty to eat, but she's not allowed to eat shuma, and she's not allowed to eat meiser. Now watch this. That's part one of the story. Watch this. Meis binami Yisrael. They will say, now what happens if son, son number three dies, right? That was the son from Yisrael. That's right, son from Yisrael dies. Tochal b'maiser. So they will say, remember again, if son from Yisrael dies, then what happens? She reverts back to the status of Levi, of Levi, and she can eat maiser. Meis benami Levi, if her son from Levi dies, tochal b'truma. Because they will remember again, this works backwards as well. So if her son from Levi dies, then she's permitted to eat truma because remember again, oh, it's obvious. Mace binami Cohen. What happens if her son from Cohen dies? Then in that case, I will say lo socha betruma v'loba meiser. And then I will say in that case again, she's back to square one. She can't eat truma. She can't eat meiser. Fascinating case. Again, I will say very intuitive, but just walks us through all the steps. Top of Pesayin. So I will say case number one was a bas Yisrael. Watch this. Case number two is a bas Cohen. So Bas Cohen Shinisais Li Yisrael. If a Bas Cohen married a Yisrael, Shrabo say, what's the halacha? Lo socha betruma. Shrabo say, so now remember, Bas Cohen marries Yisrael. So as a Bas Cohen, rise a Bas Cohen, she herself is entitled to truma. Now she marries Yisrael. By virtue of her marriage to Yisrael, no truma. She gives it up. Right? Meis v'lai menaben. Shrabo say, this is a reverse case. Watch this. So Bas Cohen marries Yisrael, they have a child. They have a child. Now what happens? Husband dies. Yisrael, husband dies. So we'll say, what's the halacha? So remember again, the fact that now she has a Yisrael child will prevent her from eating truma 
even after the death of her husband. Rabbi said, remember again, normally, if you have a Bas coin who marries Yisrael, and she is widowed or divorced, then Halacha Lamai says she goes back to her father's home, could continue to eat Truma. We're going to see this in the Gemara. Now, because she has a son with Yisrael, she has a son with her Yisrael, with her Yisrael, she has a son with her Yisrael um, husband. Once he dies, right? Once he dies, the, her son is still there. Can't eat truma. Good. Nisais Levi. So I will say, what happens now? She goes ahead and she goes, right? She gets married to the Levi. Tochal the Meiser. Ultimately, again, she could eat Meiser. Fives married to a Levi. So I will say, what happens? Gen has a son with Levi. Mace Velai Menobain. So now Levi dies, but leaves behind the child. Tochal the Meiser. Ultimately, again, she's permitted to eat Meiser by virtue, right? By dint of the son. Nisais Lekoin. Rabbi in a third marriage. So again, Rabbi say in this, in this, in case number two of the Bas Kohen, the order of the marriages are reversed because those are the more dramatic cases. Husband number three is a Kohen. Tochal She's permitted to eat truma. Meis v'lahi menu ben. What happens if he dies, right? But before he died, they had a child. And the right, so now what is Tochal Tochal b'truma. Ultimately, again, she can continue to eat truma. So Rabbi says, so it's, just, it's just the reverse case. Bas Kohen was eating truma. Marries Yisrael, can't eat truma, has a son, husband dies, still can't eat truma. Marries a Levi, could eat Meiser, has a son, Levi dies, could continue to eat Meiser. Marries Yisrael, mar- sorry, marries a Kohen. Marries a Kohen, could eat truma, has a son, Kohen dies, could continue to eat truma. Beautiful. Now I will say, now the unraveling. Meis binami Kohen. So I will say, if son from husband number three, the Kohen, dies, then what? She can no longer eat truma. If her son from the Levi dies, she can't eat meiser. Here's the dramatic piece. If her first son, right, the son she had from Yisrael, if he dies, what? Remember again, this is a Bas Kohen. So she reverts back to her original status. What's her original status? Going back to her father's home, which enables her to what? So as the Pasik says, she will return back to her father's home, like her youth, she will eat from the bread of her father's home. So I will say, fascinating case. So again, two constructs, two constructs, Bas Yisrael, who marries, Kohen Levi Yisrael, Bas Kohen who marries Levi Yisrael Kohen. Okay, so the effect of the marriages on her, right? The effect of having children with each of these men, and then unfortunately, Rahman the effect of the death of the husbands, and then the death of the children in the reverse order. Good, straightforward Mishnah says the Gemara. say, but let's analyze. Meis binami Levi the Hadra Achla So say now, let's go back for just a moment. The Mishnah is focusing on the first case, right? First case, which is the Bas Yisrael. So we'll say, so remember again, let's fast forward a little bit. So Bas Yisrael, she marries Kohen Levi Yisrael. Sorry, she marries, yeah, she marries Kohen Levi Yisrael, has a son with each of them. Then when the sons die, what happens? Mes Levi, when her son from the Levi dies, she's left with one son, right? Who's the one son? Kohen's son. Kohen son, and Halach says she can now continue to eat truma. So the Gemara says 
Where do we know this concept that a woman is entitled to eat truma because of her Kohen son? Right? Remember again, the woman herself is a Bas Yisrael. How do I know that she is entitled to continue to eat truma because of her Kohanic son? Am Rabbi Abba Barav. So the Gemara says, Bas Ubas. So this is actually very interesting. So the Pasuk that the Gemara is mentioning over here is the Pasuk of Ubas Kohen Kisya Leish Zar. So what's the Bas Kohen? If she marries a non-Kohen, she cannot eat consecrated or sanctified items. So the Gemara Dashin is like this. Bas means daughter. Ubas, the Gemara is Dashin, the U, the Vav, is extra. And it teaches us that there's another kind of child that could also help with the truma consumption process. Who is that other kind of child? Who is that other kind of child? If a Bas Yisrael has a child from a coin, look at Rashi for just a moment. Bas Ubas. So first of all, look at Rashi for just a moment. Minalon to Zara HaOcheles B'Shvil Bina V'Niseis Lazar Umeis Shechozeres V'Ocheles. So I will say, so again, remember, this is actually very interesting. The, the idea over here is, the idea over here is, we're, we're asking actually something a bit more nuanced. It's not just the shot of how do I know that a woman could eat truma by virtue of her child from a coin. What you're asking over here is like this. How do I know that halacha lamaisa, if you have a, a Bas Yisrael who married a coin, had a kid, was eating truma, then married a non-coin, lost the ability to eat truma, then was, let's say, widowed from the, from the Israel husband, that she can go back and eat truma as a result of her child. Again, look at that Rashi. You have a Bas Israel who is eating truma because of her Kohanic son, then she married a nan Kohen, Umes, and he died, that she can go back. Because you're both saying, there's two pieces over here. The idea that a Bas Yisrael who marries a Kohen, remember you're going to both say, when a Bas Yisrael marries a Kohen, step one is that she eats Shrum because of her husband. Step two is that she continues to eat Shrum, even if her husband is dead, as long as what? There's a child. There's a child. We've actually already established that. We're, now we're asking a bit more nuanced. Now we'll say, in that same case, husband dies, she has a child, she marries a levy or a Yisrael. It doesn't make a, make a difference. In this case, she marries a levy. Marries a levy, loses the right to eat truma. Now what I'm introduced to is levy dies, levy dies. Let's assume for a moment, we'll say, leaving, let's assume right now there's no child from the levy. Levy dies, she goes back to eating truma. Remember, the, Mishka, the Mishnah's case is more convoluted, right? She has, it's, it's, she has a child with Levi, she has a child with Israel, child from Israel dies, child from Levi dies, but skipping all of that, how do I know that Allah when the non coin husband dies, she goes back to eating truma? So I'll say that's in the Gemara. So look at Rashi, Bas Ubas, Ubas coin Kisia Amara Ugrusha. So watch this. So the Gemara says, Kid Rabbi Akiva did Darish Vavi. It was Rabbi Akiva Darshins Vavs. Right? Rabbi Akiva in general Darshins Vavs throughout Shas. So the idea of here that Rabbi Akiva sees the Ubas. Ubas. So the Ubas teaches me that there is another case of a child, another case of a Bas, Bas or a Ben, who allows the mother to consume Truma. What's that case? That's the case of where there is a Kohanic child 
even though the mother subsequently married someone else, a non-Kohen, was widowed, the existence of the Kohanic child then allows her to resume truma consumption. The truth is, even the Rabbanon, who don't normally go ahead and darshan vavin, they also will agree. Why? Because kula ubas kra yiseru. The truth is, this entire pasuk is extraneous. And because it's extraneous, therefore it could be used for a drasha. And the drasha of the pasuk is that even if the woman remarried after the death of her Kohanic husband, once her second husband dies, the presence or the existence of the Kohen child allows her to continue to eat truma. So I will say, this is a really incredible... So th- this is the nuanced halacha. This is the chiddush of the Mishnah. As much as we said the Mishnah was straightforward, the chiddush of the Mishnah, I will say, was I would have thought... That when a woman marries a Kohen, she eats truma, good, all, everyone agrees. She has a child from the Kohen, and Kohen dies, she continues to eat truma, no disagreement there. What's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is now, she marries a Levi, no longer can eat truma. The Chiddush is that when Levi dies, she can go back to eating truma. That's the Chiddush, I must say, because I would have thought, look, once you're out, you're out. That, that would have been, and again, logical havamina, kamash malon, no, once the once Levi dies again, and Levi's kid dies, or 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 there's no kid from Levi, she goes. But in other words, once she's back in her state, where it's only her and her Kohanic child, even though she's been married a number of times subsequent, she can go back to eat truma. That's the chiddush. Where do I learn out from the phrase ubas idam darshning the vav or the entire pasuk? Beautiful. So we'll say let's go back to turn rabbanon kishi chozeres. Now we'll say now watch this. When she goes back, when she goes back, now we'll say, now, now this is talking about a different kind of situation. This is talking about halacha la back in that same pasuk, ubas koin kisia amano grusha. So we'll say the pasuk that we're talking about over here is a bas koin who gets married. Or she gets married. And let's say she marries the Yisrael, or a Levi for that matter. And then what happens? She's widowed or divorced. She has no children from her marriage. So the Torah says, Vishava al base Abiyah Kinuaral. She goes back to her father's home, like her youth. And what happens? Milechem Abiyah Tochal. She could eat from the bread of her father's home. The Chalzada Yochabah. Good. So I'll say, so now here's what's interesting. When she goes back to her father's home, so Baskoin now goes back home, which means she could eat uh, like, like the rest of our Kohanic family. Listen to this. Kishi Chalzeres, Chalzeres Lechuma, Veinu Chalzeres Lechazei Vishok. Fascinating. She can go back and she can eat truma. What can she eat? The chazay and shok. So as I remember again, a Kohen gets the chest and the foreleg of an animal. Right? See, so you shecht an animal, the Kohen gets the chazay v'shok. So now what we're saying is, this girl, though this woman, when she comes back to her father's home, she doesn't get to eat everything. She gets to eat truma, but she does not get chazay v'shok. Okay, why not? How, how, how do you know that? In other words, in general, we kind of treat matnos kahuna the same. So how do you know that she doesn't eat chazei v'shok? So I'm listen to this. So Amrav chista Amravina barshila. Maikra, he b'tshumas ha-kadoshim lo sochal. Because I'm say, the Pasuk says, she shall not eat of the trumas ha-kadoshim. Okay, so b'muram min ha-kadoshim lo sochal. She can't eat that which is separated from consecrated items. So the chazei v'shok, right, which is a sacrificial part, that she can't eat. She can't eat that. So the Gemara says, Rav Nachman, Amra Baravua, 
milachem v'lo kolachem. Well, this is very interesting. The Pasuk says she can go back to her father's home and she can eat milechem, from the bread. Milechem teaches me what? From the bread and not all of the bread, which means some of the Kohanic portions, but not all of the Kohanic portions. So prat lechazei v'shok. Teaches me that she can eat truma, but she can't eat chazei v'shok. Maskef l'arayim barachamo, eima prat lahafaras nedarim, Maybe not. In other words, we'll say, here's what I know, right? What, what is the Torah trying to convey to me? That when she goes back to her father's home, as much as there's a resumption of certain things, not everything goes back to the way it was, right? That, that, that's what we're analyzing over here. We'll say, not everything goes back to the way that it was. So we suggested, we suggested that maybe what it means is, she could eat truma, can't eat chazei v'shok. Maybe not. Maybe it means that when she goes back to her father's home, ultimately what? He, father doesn't have the ability to annul her vows. I will say, by the way, what, what a profound Musra Haskell in this, right? What the Gemara is highlighting over here is that often in life there are events that change relationships. And when those events occur, what we want more than anything is for our relationships to go back to what they were prior to the event. And I will say, it's my simbacholyom, right? It happens all the time in Shalom Bayis, right? The couple has a significant falling out or a significant issue over something. And then again, Baruch Hashem, they're able to reconcile. And there's that desire of like, oh, let, let's go back. And I will say the interesting part about relationships is with that, where there is a trauma or there is a dramatic change, you cannot put things back to what they were prior to the event. It's an important episode because often people are frustrated because they want to reclaim what was. It doesn't work. It, by the way, it's not just true in marriage. It's true in friendships. It's true. It's true in many different relationships. When there is a, when there is a, when there is a, when there is a fissure in the relationship, when, when there is a breakage, when there is a stress or a trauma, you could rebuild and you could repair. But the relationship often becomes something different. And by the way, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's just different. It's just different. And it's, sometimes it can become better. Sometimes it can become stronger. But again, sometimes that desire to make it what it was often becomes an exercise in futility and frustration. And such an incredible, you saw, that's what the Gemara is saying over here. This girl was a Baskoin, right? She goes back to her father's home. So like the Havamina is, she goes back and what's the relationship like? What's the relationship like? Like what it was before. What's not? <laughs> No, there's nothing, in, there's nothing in life like that that goes back exactly to what it was before. I will say, by the way, you know, if you think about this, someone once mentioned this to me. Even when you think about when we say, right? or Kishanim Kadmonios, I will say the truth is, I just want to point out, if you learn Navi, like for four minutes, right? So I will say, it's not so clear that like we want to go back to what it was. Right? It's, it's not so posh. It's even when we say, you know, we're referring to certain aspects. In other words, I'd like a Beis Hamikdash. That, that, that's what I want. I'd like a Davidic king. Right? I, I, I like Jewish unity. I'm not saying take me back to what, because the truth is often what was wasn't exactly so great. And the truth is what was can't really be replicated. So the Havamina here is ultimately she goes back to what was. Kamash, well, no, 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 no. Something's going to be different. So what's different? So let's listen to this. 
we all know her father, even when she gets divorced or widowed and goes back to her father's home, uh, she cannot go ahead, her father cannot go ahead and annul her vows. Where do we know this? From the time of the The neder of a widow or a divorcee will be upheld. So what is coming to teach us? Here's what's interesting about a widow and a divorcee. They have no man in their life to go ahead and control their vows because such a woman is removed from her father's home. And remember, again, there is no husband in the picture to which the Gemara says, Listen to this. For example, let's say once the father hands over his daughter to the agents of the husband. Let's say a father is marrying off his daughter, and, and ultimately there are shluchim, there are agents of the husband who are coming to take her to the chuppah. So once father hands her off to the shluchi habal, and say, or for that matter again, father's agents hand her off to husband's agents. And let's say, she is widowed or divorced on the road. Hey, so the Gemara says, Hey, Chani Kori Ba Beisa Via Shalzu, O Beisa, O Beis Baila Shalzu, Elalomer Lacha, Kevan Shiatza Sha'achas Mirisho Sa'av, Shuv Eno Yachalahafer. So I will say, the Gemara is saying, it's obvious that when she's widowed or divorced, she, and it says she goes back to her father's home, it's obvious that that does not mean for vow annulment purposes. Why? Because I will say, the moment a girl leaves her father's domain, even before she enters her husband's home, Lemaise, he has lost the ability to annul her vows. And once you lose that ability, that right never returns. So Rav Safra Amr, so therefore again, remember, what do we focus on over here? We focus on the statement of, of the Braisa that says that Halacha Lemaise, when a woman, a Bas Cohen, is widowed or divorced and goes back to her father's home, she can eat truma. What can't she eat? And we're just trying to figure out exactly where do we know that from? Where do we know that from? So the Gemara says, Rav Saf Armi Lechem Avia Tochal. So we'll say the Pasik says, from the Lechem of her father's home, she'll eat Lechem below Basar. That's a pretty straightforward Russia. Right? The Pasik says explicitly, she will eat from the Lechem. Or isn't she eat from the Lechem? Truma. What isn't Lechem? What isn't Lechem? And that's an open ended question, right? What isn't Lechem? Basar. So therefore, again, she doesn't eat chazei b'shog. What kind of lechem does she eat? Rabbi say the kind of lechem that is acquired by her father. Rabbi say what is what does that mean? Chuma. Rabbi say chuma is property of who? Property of who? The kohen. Rabbi say it says milechem from the lechem of her father, which means she eats from that which belongs to her father. Chuma belongs to a kohen. Chazei prat lechazei is fascinating, is not considered to be the property of the Kohen. Isn't that interesting? is considered to be the property of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the Ribono Shal Olam allows the Kohanim to eat at his table, which will say such a beautiful, beautiful idea. So there are certain matnos kuna, there are certain Kohanic gifts, which become the property of the Kohen. Right? It's the Kohen's property. Truma. 
And then there are certain things which the coin is permitted to consume, but Lamaisa, he doesn't have ownership over them. Rather, he's an invited guest of the Ribbon Shaol. And the example of that, Chazeva Shog. So what is Bas coin permitted to eat when she returns to her husband's home, uh, father's home from that which her father owns, i.e. Truma? What can't she eat? Chazeva Shog. Incredible. So the Pasik says, so the Pasik when talking about the Chazei Vishok, the Torah says you could eat it, your son could eat it, your daughter could eat it, itach, sorry, with you. Bizman she'itach. Ultimately, again, I will say the halacha is, when can your daughter eat it with you? When she is with you. But once she has left the home and no longer lives with you, even if she comes back, she cannot eat the chazei v'shok. Incredible. So the Gemara says as follows. So says this as a declarative statement as well. That when she returns to her father's home, she can eat truma, but she can't eat chazei v'shok. The Gemara says, Oh, this is interesting. So say, now watch this. What we've established, and pretty much everyone agrees with this concept, is halacha when a woman, right, Bas Cohen, gets married to a nan, to a Yisrael, right, she, she gets divorced or widowed, no children, no children, halacha she comes back to her father's home, she could eat truma, she can't eat chazei v'shok. Everyone's agreeing with that. I will say, watch this next case. In this next case over here, Let's say, I will say, Abbas, it doesn't really matter, Abbas Yisrael or Abbas coin for that matter, marries a coin, they have a child. So I will say, the presence of the child allows the woman to what? Eat truma, but not only that, ultimately, again, b'shvil b'na, chozeres afle chazei v'shok. If she has a child, the child enables her to eat chazei v'shok as well. Fascinating. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Azal Rav Mordechai, Amr l'shmaita kameid ravashi, when Mordechai came along and he said over this ruling in front of Ravashi, Where do you know this from? Where do you know this from? So the Gemara says, Me'ubas. So ultimately, I learn it out from the, either I will say the extra vav, u, right, the vav, or ultimately, again, like we said before, perhaps the entire Pasuk is extraneous. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Mi adifa la mina. So I will say, so I, I don't understand. Why is it that the mother of a Kohanic child has greater rights than a Bas Kohen. Right, to both remember again, what did we just establish? The mother of a Kohanic child cannot only continue to eat Truma, what else could she continue to eat? Right, Chazei V'shok. Yet a Bas Kohen, whose widow or divorce returns back to her father's home, she could eat Truma, but she can't eat Chazei V'shok. Why? I will say, and by the way, I could even make a stronger, the reason why it's, it's strange because their entitlements should technically be the same, also remember, it's also strange because the mother of a Kohen may not be what? May not be what? May not be a Bas Kohen herself. She could be Israelis, and yet she could eat Chazei V'shok. And yet a Bas Kohen, who is originally part of a Kohanic family, when she returns, can only eat Truma, can't eat Chazei V'shok. To which the Gemara says, it's simple. In the case of the Bas Kohen, I will say there are certain exclusionary phrases that are written in the, or, or words in the case of the mother of the case of the mother of the coin, there is no such exclusion. 
Okay, so therefore I will say, bottom line, halacha comes out of the sugya, which is really interesting, that if a bas coin is widowed or divorced and goes back to her father's home, she can eat truma, she can't eat chazei v'shok. However, again, if she has, but the mother of a kohanic child, ultimately, again, could continue to eat truma as a result of her son and could also eat chazei v'shok. Incredible. Let's go weiter. Bas coin, she needs to Israel. So we'll say, remember again, now the second case in the Mishnah, or the say I was said called the second framework of the Mishnah was a Bas Cohen who married a Yisrael. So we'll say, remember again, this was just the op- opposite construct of the first case. Says the Rabbanon, she shall return to her father's home. Prat Lishomeras Yavam. So I will say, so remember again, the Torah says that if a Bas Cohen right, is widowed or divorced, she could return to her father's home. Now we've established that the nature of that return to her father's home is what? That halacha lamaisa, she can go ahead and eat truma, find kenti chazevashok. That, that's what we've established. Now let's say there are going to be certain exceptions where even if a bas Cohen is widowed or divorced, she cannot, she, she, she could physically go back to her father's home, but halacha lamaisa, she does not get the rights of her father's home just yet. For example, v'shavah beisaviyah, Prat Lishomeres Yavam. So we'll say, watch this. Let's say Abbas Cohen. Her husband died without children and there are surviving brothers. She's waiting for Yibum or Chalitza. While she's a Shomeres Yavam waiting for Yibum or Chalitza, she quote unquote doesn't return to her father's home. So she does not have a resumption of those Kohanic rites. Kinu Reha, like her youth, Prat Lemeuberes. Another exception, if she's pregnant. Let's say she's pregnant with her now deceased husband's child. The pregnancy prevents her from returning back to her home. Balo dinhu, the Gemara says, I don't understand. Let's make a kavah homer. Uma b'makum shalo asa vlad minarishon kid vlad minarishon lepochem minayibum. But in a situation where we don't make the offspring of the first husband, or as we don't say that the offspring of the first husband is like the offspring of the second husband to exempt her from yibum. Now, what, is that, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi over here. Rashi's in the wide lines. Third wide line down. Balo dinhu. We'll say, watch this. But Lamali Kra, Uma Bimbakum Shlo Asavlad Minarishon Kidvlad Minasheni. We'll say now in a situation where we didn't make the child of the first husband like the child of the second husband. What 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 does that mean? Meaning, Nises Laechad Vialdolo. We'll say, watch this. Right, Bascoin marries marries her husband, has a child, has a child, Umes, and then ultimately again he dies. And I will say, now what happens? So I will say, this is a different kind of case. So watch this. Rachel, Rachel marries, Rachel marries Cohen. We'll just, we'll just go with this case. Right, Rachel's boss Cohen, she marries Yisrael. She marries Yisrael. Okay, she has a child with Yisrael. Yisrael dies. She then goes and marries Levi. It, it doesn't have to be this case for the illustration, but we'll just keep the illustrations the same. We'll say, now she marries Levi. She marries Levi. Watch this. Levi dies. Levi dies without children. Is Rachel subject to Yibum? Yes. Why? Because Levi died without children. Also remember again, the din of Yibum has nothing to do with whether or not Rachel has children, but has everything to do with whether or not the deceased husband has children. So even though in this case it's interesting, Rachel, who has a child from husband number one, will still be subject to Yibum because husband number two died without children. So we'll say that's the meaning of the phrase over here. Listen to this. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry. 
ומה במקום שלא עושה ולד מן הראשון כלבלד מן השני. In a situation where offspring of the first husband does not count for offspring of the second husband, right? When, when husband number two dies without children, even though Rachel has a son from husband number one, she is going to be subject to Yibom. Lebojah min ha-Yibom. Asa ubar ki yilod. Yet Rabbi say in that same case, in that same case, we will make, we, if she's pregnant, if she's pregnant, that is equivalent to going ahead and, and having a baby, which means what Rabbi say, that halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa, if she's pregnant from husband number two, that is going to preclude her return back to her father's home for all types of rights. Makom sha'asa vlad min ha-rishon ke vlad min ha-sheni, leposla min ha-truma. Then ultimately, and I will say in a situation where offspring from the first husband will count in a second marriage, i.e. to preclude her from eating truma, as we've seen before, ultimately, again, certainly being pregnant should have the equivalent of, the, of having a child as well. So I will say to which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Mali asa uber now we'll say, that's different. In other words, because we're going ahead and treating the Uber pregnancy like as if she had a child regarding Yibum, Shari Asa Mesim Kechayim. Because we'll say Yibum is different. Why is Yibum different in general? Because by Yibum we treat the dead like they are alive. What does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Third line up from the bottom. Le'inyon Yibum as Shari Asa Mesim Kechayim. Mes Baila. We're going to talk about this today, and this is absolutely riveting. Watch this. What does it mean that by Yibam we treat the dead like they're living? Let me give you a simple case. Rachel is married to Ruvain. They have a son. They have a son. Ruvain dies. Obligation of Yibam? No. Let's say son dies. Son dies. Let's say now what? Now what? Is there a retroactive obligation of Yibam? Now at the end of the day, Ruvain died, and he died without children. So Rabbi Sadiq says, no. No, although we're going to challenge that fact in just a moment. But Lamai says, no. So we'll say, that's what it means when we say that by Yibum, by Yibum, Shari Yibum, Shari Asa Mesim Kechayim. The dead are like they are alive, which means that even if Ruvain's son dies, now again, obviously, if Ruvain's if Ruben son died before Ruvain, that's a different discussion. But assuming Ruvain dies, his son, his son outlives him, and the son dies a year later. There's still no din of Yibom. Asa meisim kechayim. So the Gemara goes back there. Nasa uber, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, let me just finish. So, Mali asa uber kilo le'inyin yibom shari asa yibom, sorry, le'inyin yibom shari asa meisim kechayim should we go ahead and treat? Should we go ahead and treat the pregnancy as if she had birthed a child by truma? Because the truma rabbis say we don't count the dead as if they are alive. Talmud Lomar kinu Therefore, say we do need the pasuk ultimately again to teach us kinu like her youth, which means that if the bas Cohen is pregnant she is not able to go back to her father's home and go ahead and resume having all of those rights. And I will say the truth is, we need both of these exceptions. We need to go ahead and teach the case of Mu'ubaras and the case of no children. Why? I'm sorry. Because if it would have said she doesn't have children, I would have thought like this. In the beginning, when she was living in her father's home, 
it was one body. In other words, she was without child, it was one body. But now, ultimately, again, there are two bodies. Because she has a child. But in the case of Mu'ubaris, I will say, where what? She had one body, she was one body before. And ultimately, even now, though she's pregnant, she has one body now. As I will say, this is, uh, by the way, this Gemara, we're doing this on Shavuos night, and this is our topic. I will say, it's fascinating how the Gemara treats a pregnancy over here. Ultimately, again, it calls the pregnancy still one body. Still one body, which I will say echoes a, or I should say highlights a halachic sentiment that a fetus does not have an independent identity from its mother. Uber yerech imohu. It's one body. It's one body. The baby's not an independent, fetus is not an independent entity. It's part of its mother. So the Gemara says, Teichol, I would have thought, therefore, Allah Chalamaisa, she should be able to eat. Therefore, Tzricha, because of Rachmanim Uberes, the Meikara Gufa, and if we were just at the case of Uberes, I would have thought like this, the Meikara Gufa, on the base, Tzricha, is right in the beginning, she was an empty body. The Hashka Gufa, Gufa Mleya, and now she's a full body with the pregnancy. Before she was an empty body, now she's an empty body as well. Because she already gave birth. I would have thought, right? I would have thought, no. Therefore, therefore both, say both cases are necessary. Good. The Gemara then gives an amanic. I will say, we're going to do this piece quickly. we get to the new parakeh before we run out of time. So the Gemara gives an amanic. Skip down to the second lines. Amalir of Yehuda, midi iskartel rava. Let's go back for just a moment. Remember I mentioned this before? The Chiddush, not the Chiddush, but the interesting idea, the interesting formulation by Yibam, is by Yibam we make the dead like they are living. How do you accomplish that? The idea over here is that Allah for Yibam, all we need is that at the time that the husband died, there was living offspring. If the offspring subsequently dies, that does not trigger a retroactive need for Yibum. So the Gemara wants to challenge this assertion. The Gemara wants to say, The truth is no. Look at Rashi. By the way, can you imagine if that was that, if we actually did this? Can you imagine this? Essentially, I will say, a woman who was widowed without children, or I'm sorry, a woman who was widowed with children, essentially would have to be, would never be able to remarry. Because we'll say what that would mean is if her child would ever die, that would trigger the Zika again. That would trigger the Zika again and make her subject to, which would just be fascinating. In any event, leaving aside the practicality of it, you might say, no, let's go ahead and say the dead are not like the living. And therefore, should the child of the deceased husband die, that would trigger a Zika again and make her subject to Yibum even years down the line. And make it a Kavachom, what's the Kavachomer? Uma b'makom sha'asa vlad min arishon ki vlad min ashenu leposlu min atshuma. Rabbi say in a situation where offspring from the first husband, right, becomes like offspring of the second husband, to pass her from Shuma. Rabbi will say, what, what, what that means is that halacha l'maysa, that offspring from a first marriage, will have an impact even during a second marriage. As we've seen, as we've seen, that Allah will say, remember again, she, she has a child. She has a child from one marriage and that will preclude her from eating truma 
even if she's right, even in a second marriage. Yet we did not make dead offspring like living offspring. So in a situation where we do not make offspring from a first marriage, like offspring from a second marriage, to exempt her from Yibum, we certainly should not give the dead the status of the living. So therefore, again, that's a pretty cogent argument to say that maybe by Yibum, when the, when the child of the deceased husband dies, that should trigger a retroactive obligation of Yibum. So I will say, why don't we subscribe to that idea? Listen to this. Talmud Lomar, Terecha Darche Noam, V'chol Nesivo Shalom. I will say, this is so incredibly amazing. What an answer. The Gemara doesn't give like a, I mean, this is a halachic answer, but the Gemara just says, because you're setting up an impossible situation. I will say, as I mentioned before, imagine for a moment if this was the halacha. Okay, so what happens, right? Rachel's married to Ruvain. Ruvain dies, but they have a child, Baruch Hashem. They have a son. So, okay, so what happens? Rachel now wants to go on with her life. So imagine for a moment now, if the halacha was that the dead are not treated like the living, which means that now if son dies at some point, that will trigger a retroactive obligation, that will trigger, will trigger retroactive zika and require her to go out and do yibum. Now we'll say, what would be her marital prospects in such a situation? What would be marital prospects? Impossible. Who, who in their right mind is going to step into a situation like this? The truth is she in her right mind couldn't step into a situation like this because she has to realize that she may be married and then one day something may occur and she's going to be stuck in a Yibam situation. So I will say, this is incredible. So the Gemara answers, the Gemara's answer is the Torah Kedosha would never set up a scenario like this. The ways of the Torah are pleasant. So to create a scenario where again, she would have to dissolve a marriage, not be able to enter into a second marriage, live with this doubt over her head, this is not the way of the Torah. It was such a beautifully profound answer, which I will say in general is something so incredible. Yiddishkeit is beautiful and Torah is beautiful. And if there's something that I'm doing that is anxiety provoking, or there's something that I'm doing that hurts or doesn't, chances are you're doing it wrong. Chances are you're doing it wrong because everything in Yiddishkeit is beautiful. It doesn't mean everything is easy. It doesn't mean everything is easy, but everything is beautiful. Everything is pleasant. If it's unpleasant, if it's painful, if it's onerous, if it's overwhelming, chances are I'm doing it wrong. So the Gemara goes weiter. Why don't we go ahead and make the dead like the living regarding truma? Regarding truma, so the Gemara says, um, right, Rashi, let's go back there. So listen to this. In a situation where we don't make the offspring from the first husband, like offspring from the second husband, to exempt her from Yibum, nevertheless, in a Yibum situation, we treat, quote unquote, the dead like the living. In a situation where we make the offspring of the first husband, like the offspring of the second husband, i.e., the presence of that offspring from the first marriage will preclude her from eating truma. Certainly, again, Kavachom, we should make in that case the dead should be accorded the status of living. Tamalomar, Vizera, Ain, Law. 
because the Pazik says she doesn't have offspring, and in this case, she literally doesn't have offspring. Nebo says is actually very interesting. Why don't we make the offspring of the first husband like the offspring of the second husband regarding Yibom Mikavah Chomer? Nebo says, what does that mean? Uma b'makom shelo asa meisim kechaim linyan truma asa vlad min arishon kivlad min asheni. So Nebo says in a situation where we do not make the dead like the living, right? Regarding truma. Nevertheless, we go ahead and we say the child from the first marriage does have an impact on the on the second marriage. In a situation where we do treat the dead like the living, i.e. regarding Yibum, we certainly should make the offspring of the first husband like this offspring of the second husband. Good. Why don't we say that the offspring of the first marriage shouldn't have an impact on the second marriage? From a kavah homer, listen to this. In a situation, in a situation where we make the dead like the living in order to exempt her from yibum, yet still in that case, we don't treat the offspring of the first marriage like offspring of the second marriage. Ultimately, again, in a situation where we don't accord the dead status of the living regarding truma, then you certainly should not go to make the offspring of the first marriage like the offspring of the second marriage. Talmud Lomar, Ein La Baha So I will say again, so going through all the variations, but I just want to point out the beautiful part of this is that the halacha is as we espoused in the Mishnah. The add-on pieces, Rebbe say, are three major add-on pieces. Number one, when a Bas Kohen is widowed or divorced without, without children, she goes back to her father's home for Truma, but not for Chazei Vishok. Contrast that with a mother of a Kohanic child, who after the death of her husband is able to go ahead and continue to teach Truma, as well as Chazei Vishok. Rebbe say, the other piece that we have seen is that Allah Chalamaisa, if a Bas Kohen is widowed, she does go back to her father's home. However, not if she's pregnant, and not if she's a Shomeres Yavam. Then we have to wait ultimately again for the resolution of these situations to see what our ultimate status is. One more piece of Osai, that by Yibum we've established this concept of Mesim Kechayim. Incredible. What a, what a statement. That by Yibum the dead are like the living. Namely, that as long as there is a living child at the time of the death of the husband, the wife is exempt from Yibum. And even if offspring subsequently dies, there is no retroactive Zika that is activated. Why not? Why not? Good. Let's begin. Uh, at least we'll, we'll read a line. Good. Feels like a ceremonial beginning of the Mishnah. Good. We'll say, by the way, great, great sugya ahead of us. Great sugya. Wow. We'll say, get ready for this. A woman has a husband who goes overseas. And they come and they tell her, your husband died. And she got married. Clearly she took it very hard, right? So I'll say, so, right, she got, right, so, I'll say, so, so, so what happened? She waited. No, she waited. She waited an hour. And I said, so, so what happened? So actually, no, we're going to say, we'll say, we know that halacha in general is the din of havchana, right? She has to wait before getting remarried. But leaving that aside, we'll say, so what's happened over here? Husband goes overseas. Husband goes overseas. Word comes back that husband dies. Now, I both say, now remember again, it says bo. 
Now, Ba'u means what? Ba'u means what? They came. We're going to actually see about say that the Gemara is going to explain that Halacha Lamaisa, this is actually a case of Eidechot. This is a case of one witness coming along and going ahead, Halacha Lamaisa, and telling her, your husband died. So I will say, all right, you know, I'll say, we'll stop over here for today. And Mirat says, okay, good, I gave you the teaser. I'll pick up with the Mishnah tomorrow. Shkoyach. Oof, all right.